Welcome to the Diversity on the Hill podcast. With Pastor Jonathan and Pastor Curcio. Here are the ground rules for our conversation. Respect one another. Openness. No assumptions allowed. Mistakes are welcome. And let's grow together. Enjoy the conversation. Hello there. Hello. Welcome to the Diversity on a Hill podcast. Yet again. Yeah, yeah, we're back. Yeah, and glad you're with us. Always glad you're with us. We can't see you, but we know you're there. We feel your presence. Yes. And it feels like positivity and wonderfulness and greatness. And thanks for yeah. listening. We are so grateful. We feel it through the force. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Well, <laughs> well, the Mandalorian season two came out. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah. So I'm just for those Star Wars fans out there. Have you watched it? The episode? Of course. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't. I'm I'm of the new watching mentality. I don't like to watch one thing one week and wait another week for the other one. <laughs> you prefer to binge. I don't binge, so so I don't okay. like take it all in at once. Okay. But I don't like having to wait a week because if I have the time. Mm-hmm. I want to be able like the next night to be like, oh yeah, I want to follow up on that. Yeah. And you know what really bothers me about that too? Uh-oh. Like, so some of these shows have last time on Mandalorian. And when I watched the first season, I would watch like, if I had the time, like two episodes in a row. And I'm like, I didn't forget what happened last time. Don't tell me what happened last time. <laughs> like in today's world, I don't think that that's necessary anymore. Well, like previously on. Yeah, but you got to wait because if they're doing it once a week, that's how they're releasing it. Yeah. And so I know then, some so people. they're just trying to it. give you the, the preview. You yeah, know, what I just happened. don't like it. My mentality has shifted <laughs> to the Netflix model as opposed to the TV model. Oh, I see. Because I don't, I don't really watch that much TV anymore. Yeah. I, I mean, I watch sports. Mm-hmm. But like I don't watch TV, TV. So if there's like a series that I'm like, oh, let me let me check this out. Yeah. I don't want them to tell me what happened last week. I remember. Ah, well, that's fair. Yeah. I I like to have the review. Sometimes I watch it because they give you the cliff notes. They give you the most important things, just a refresher, maybe something I missed. You, you know, know what they're so doing? Glad. They do that because they're foretelling what's going to happen in this episode. No. Yeah, they do. Watch, watch them because the things they highlight. They're going to touch in this next episode. Yeah. True. Yeah, they, they do kind of foreshadow. Yeah, that, yeah they that's foreshadow. A and that's, that's a, a and I, another thing I hate doing. Another <laughs> thing. Like if they say next week on the show and they give you a preview, I don't like that either. Okay. I want to be surprised. Okay. To me, that's a spoiler. It's it's a sp- well, it's not a huge spoiler, like, but it's a little bit of a spoiler. Like, oh, they're going to go into this. Great. Yeah, now but, I know. You, but you knew that when you watched the show. No, I didn't know next week how it's going to go. Like, they'll give, like, a little clip, and you're like, ah, oh, that's there. Or, oh, they're going to talk about that. No, I, I want the story to progress naturally, you know, like I would maybe reading a book or something. Like, the when you end of a chapter of a book, uh-huh. they don't go, this is what's going to happen in the next chapter. Let us give you a little preview. Well, we did that last time at the end of our episode. We said what we're going to talk about this time. Oh, so you're, man. I'm you're, the one who did it. Too. You're getting called out for oh. what you did. By the way, that is PJ. I'm a big fat hypocrite. PJ, the big fat hypocrite. <laughs> no, he's not that. <laughs> uh, and this is PK. Thank you again for joining the Diversity on the Hill podcast. And um, we you rocked my world with that, man. Because I just said I don't like to do it, and I did that. <laughs> I was setting That's you exactly up. That's exactly what I did. <laughs> I, I love you, man. So uh, the man. idea is we didn't plug this last time. So I said I want to go ahead and put it this time. We want to hear from you. We love hearing from you. Connect with us on diversityonahill at gmail.com. Diversity with a C. And then also you can reach us at Instagram. Diversity on a hill with a C. And you can also leave a review at the Apple Podcast. That's right. You can give us a five-star review. If you like what you're hearing, you can give us a five-star review. If Boom. you don't agree with what you're hearing, we still want to hear from you And I still way. want a five-star review. <laughs> that way we can continue <laughs> to spread this wonderful light that Christ is King. Boom. And last week on our episode, <laughs> we talked about politics. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not talking politics. But we're not this foreshadowing. Time. No, no, we're not. No, we're not no, talking no. about that. Well, it may get a little political in some ways. We'll see. We don't know where this is going to lead us. No, we really don't. All right. So last week I asked you about a special uh, 
Child, wait, 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 wait. Childhood memory. Are we going to jump on the hill real quick? Or are you trying to no, 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 no. I'm just. I, I want to ask you a question. All right, do it. I want to get to know you. All right, let's do this. What's I your like favorite it. holiday? Ooh. <laughs> oh. All right. So confession time. Oh. I'm not a big fan of holidays. Period. Wow. Yeah. So why not? Jesus, Jesus, and God believed in holidays. Yeah. 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 I get it. Do you know that they yeah, did? Yeah. Yeah. That's I'm, what the I'm festivals were. They were all holidays yes. to remember what God had done yes. and to celebrate, to take time, eat food. They were all about food, setting time together. The Sabbath is actually a, a type of holiday. You're saying you don't like the Sabbath? <laughs> what I'm saying is I don't like the <laughs> commercialization of holidays. Oh, you're one of those. Specific, more specific. You're one of, we need all kinds, but you're one of those. <laughs> well, well, get this. Look, uh. like for instance, here, here's a good example. And I may, I may get in trouble for this one, but here we go. This is the Diversity on Hill podcast. So yes. my wife loves Valentine's Day. Mm. I can give three hex for Valentine's Day. Okay. Right. My point is, Melissa, are you listening? I can, I can love on you and love you every day mm -hmm. of the year. Every day is Valentine's Day. Boom. You know, and I try. Mm -hmm. Not, not, not to the extent you of give flowers and chocolate every day. No, I don't, because then she'll get upset with me because she will eat it, and then if she gains weight, it's my fault. So not like that. Yeah, I gotta you, show. You I gotta show her trouble. some love. Yeah, I'm gonna so, be so I gotta show her some love in not enticing her to do something that is. Uh, detrimental to her, right? That's also love. So the idea is, look at you. I can <laughs> good spin. I can, <laughs> so um, yeah. So if I had to choose one, yeah. Obviously not Valentine's Day. We just heard that. <laughs> no, it's not that one. It would have to be Christmas, mm -hmm. and it's because of the Christmas music. Christmas music, yeah, Christmas. That's, but uh, Christmas music is just another commercialization of Christmas. It's just a, another way for people to make money and to to cash in on on Christmas. I mean, you know. So yeah, even what you I said guess. is, you know, I was a big fat hypocrite. Are you just trying beginning. to? Are you just <laughs> trying to get me back? Are you, <laughs> you, are you back trying to reverse way? hypocrite me or something? <laughs> Ooh, reverse hypocrite. Ooh, foreshadow maybe. Oh, oh I did drop that on there, but oh, anyhow, man, reverse hypocrite. Um. Man. How about you? What's your favorite holiday? Oh, man. Hands down, Christmas. Yeah, okay, Hands cool. down. And I don't care about the commercialization either. And that's going right. to be controversial to some because they're like, oh, it's all about Jesus. And it is all about Jesus. Dude, they've been, they've been promoting Christmas since September almost. I love it. This is ridiculous. I love it. <laughs> Listen, so, I, don't, I, I think September is bad. But once like October hits, because my least favorite is the one I don't even like to acknowledge it. Halloween is not even a holiday yeah, to me. Yeah, no. Uh, Agreed. And I, I I don't even acknowledge it. But wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. There is one holiday that gets on me. Okay. Thanksgiving. It's and actually most people's favorite because yeah. it's the least commercialized. Yes, that's great. I mean, it's being and overlooked. it's about family and thankfulness. Because of Black Friday. Oh, yeah, yeah. Black it gets overlooked. Like, but, but it starts on Thanksgiving Day now. I can't believe Black, yeah, Black Friday now starts like five o'clock. Yes. And that's. <laughs> for most, like, for Spanish people, they haven't even started to eat yet. Exactly. We're still cooking at I that know. time. Oh, dude. Let me, don't even get me started. But but they're changing it this year. They're spreading it out through the whole, the whole, throughout the whole month of November. So so if you're listening to this, you probably already enjoyed the first Black Friday deals because they start November the 4th. They started November the 4th. What? Yeah. I did not. I have not heard that yet. I'm going to. I haven't heard that yet. Interesting. Yeah. Well, anyways, Christmas, hands down, yeah. number one. Love it. Has the most great memories as a kid. Yeah, they me were too. magical for me. I love the decorations. I love the lights. I love the colors. Most of all, I do love the fact that the first advent is an amazing thing. Jesus. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, I'm not to get super spiritual on you, but yes, to get super spiritual on you. Well, the and what's beautiful about it is that sometimes Adventists like are like, well, it's commercialized. It wasn't even on the day and all this kind of stuff. And it's, it's, it's the devil trying to, you know, lead us away. And, and I like, no, you're leading yourself away. Yes. Don't poo poo on that holiday. Right, right. It's not the devil's fault that you believe those things. It's your <laughs> fault for believing it. Oh man. We give the devil way too much credit, but that's another, <laughs> that's another day. That's another episode. We do give him way too much credit. Yeah, we do. Way. We do. And by doing so, we actually empower him. But uh, I'm getting off on another soap horse. Go, go. Soap soap box, soapbox. Soapbox. You got it. Soap huh? horse. What is that? I don't know, but that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, soapbox. But 
Christmas is beautiful. And as Adventists, I believe we should even believe it to be more important because we we value the second coming, right? Yes. And the and we believe it's true and that he's coming back soon. And we look at prophecies and we're mm-hmm, like, see mm-hmm. how God is working. But the the biggest proof of the second coming is his first coming. Yes, that's when he cashed the Old Testament checks, yeah. baby. And yes, know, I love it. Yeah. Because that is true. We can depend on the fact that the second coming, the second advent will be true as well. Amen. So to me, that just like ups the Christmas game to another level. I love it. But I just love everything about Christmas. I even love going, if I'm done shopping, I even <laughs> love going on Christmas Eve to like a mall yeah. and just watching the chaos. And you know that's good. That that's a good one. I, I I have to confess, I do enjoy going to the mall. Well, I don't know about now with COVID, but I haven't been to the mall in a long time. But the idea is going to to yeah, I, it doesn't bother me. Yeah. It doesn't bother me either. Well, like, let's to not go get too much in Christmas because we may talk about Christmas in another time. Because uh, I love maybe it. in December, right? <laughs> Near Christmas. I just time. know we're getting close to to Thanksgiving, so I was. I, I thought you were gonna say like Thanksgiving. I thought you were gonna be like yeah, Thanksgiving because it's you know so chill and you know <laughs> no. the other holidays are too commercialized. Thanksgiving is too. not chill for me. Really? Like that's normally the time when we get together with family. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Interesting. Uh, okay, we're learning more about you just in that little little thing. We won't dive too deep just into in the that psychology of right that. there. Yeah. 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 So you have two Hispanic homes, and we talked about the Thanksgiving. So for a Hispanic like. We don't eat till eight o'clock at night. Yep. And I thought that was the norm because people would say Thanksgiving supper. Correct. But I married in a wife who's Caucasian. Yep. And they have Thanksgiving supper like at two in the afternoon. Like it's really early, like three, two, three. And I'm like, that's lunch almost. Yeah. They almost eat it. And, and what I don't like, it's like right at the beginning of the first football game. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm missing part of you like you can't be like can we keep the TV on in the background because that's totally anti-family yeah you're not gonna do that right no but you know praise the Lord for AirPods pop one in you know use one nah, they're gonna ear, think man. I'm weird yeah nah, I don't do that well anyways anyhow. hey what's your favorite you can tell us we already told you how to tell us didn't we yeah diversity yeah. on the yeah, yeah yeah tell, tell at us at gmail what's your favorite holiday we want to know. It better be. It better be Christmas because that's mine. Ah, uh, there you go. Right, the hey. freedom of listening to the Diversity on Hill podcast. It is. Hey, so we're gonna have a little segment here, and this is gonna be an interesting segment. We are going to go on the hill, and today's subject, which we will start talking about after the music, is going to be about what white people can really say, or what can they really ask, or what do they feel uncomfortable asking. When it comes to race. Mm. <laughs> Sounds like fun. Mm, I hope so. Sounds interesting too. But anyways, we're going to take a little break and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Diversity on a Hill podcast. And we are on the hill and we're going to talk about some, something a little, maybe a little difficult. As you know, a couple weeks ago, we had an event. Yes, we did. It was the Civil Conversations on Race. Yes, we did over at GCA. Yeah, it was. I, I felt like it went well. We, we learned from it. I think we could have some more conversations. But we had a panel and that panel brought up some very interesting dynamics and it brought some interesting thoughts to my mind, I had a, some, some conversations afterwards mm-hmm. um, with some older white people. Okay. Men, male, female? Male. Okay. And as I was having this conversation with, I think there might have been a younger one too as well. It was two or three conversations. Um, no one that was, there was no one that was there. But we were talking about the event debriefing and, and asking how it went. And then it was it was interesting. The conversation turned to basically how sometimes white people don't feel comfortable talking about race. Okay. And it wasn't just like, well, we feel uncomfortable because it's an uncomfortable topic, but they almost felt like 
they couldn't speak honestly. Wow. Have you ever heard that? Yes. I've I've heard that. Yeah. And I think that it's a real challenge because sometimes people believe or understand that racism goes in one direction. Mm. Because of what history has told us with slavery in America and all that. Mm-hmm. Some people believe that, you know, the racism just stands from Caucasians to in history basically blacks but or African Americans but any other race that is not Caucasian. Mm-hmm. Well, th- th- it was very interesting. I was listening to another podcast again. I have uh, same quote, same guy that I l- quoted last time. By the way, hold on. But hold, hold on to that. Yeah. Don't, don't forget it. I wanted to give you a shout out on doing that because you're asking people to listen to your to your podcast, but you do listen to others. You're oh. not this guy who is like, listen to me, but I don't listen to you kind of guy. And I wanted to give you a shout out for that. You go. Oh, well, I'm too interesting. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. To listen to you other gotta, people. Wait, wait, wait. What kind of interesting, PJ? Well, when I when I specifically say I'm not that interesting, uh, well, actually, I am that. In, I'm too interesting <laughs> not to ha- listen to other people. I have to listen to other people. I love it. I yeah. love it. Yeah, yeah. No, I just I'm wanted to give you a shout out. Too interesting. <laughs> but go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> tell, us, tell us about that guy. So, anyways, there's. I guess he quote. He said there was a quote by Einstein that said uh, racism is a white a white person problem. Mm, please. And I didn't know Einstein had said that. Unpack that. It was a very interesting quote. That's interesting. Now, he said he didn't agree with it, though, because I oh, think okay. Einstein was coming from the historical point of view of colonization that mm-hmm. mainly came from the white Europeans, mm-hmm. which, by the way, it didn't. It also came from Hispanic, Spain, Latin countries, which I think most people don't put into that. I'm going to take I'm going to take responsibility there because I know I have descendants from Spain. Yeah. By the way, they were colonizing as well. Yes, they were. And most people leave them out of that, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Yeah. And in our third party episode with Lisa Diller, yeah. she brings that up. Yeah. So you And I'm out. sure there were other colonizations, but the majority of the colonization that we see um, was through the white Europeans, right? Yes. And so I guess I'm guessing that's where Einstein... Yeah. And as we see, and that's kind of been the mentality of, well, it's a white people, white person problem, mm-hmm. a racism, white person problem. And he said he didn't agree with that. And I didn't agree with it either because, first off, I'm from another culture, Hispanics, yes, that are racist. Yes. <laughs> also, I've lived in another country. I lived in Thailand and I saw racism there among the locals there. Yes. So let's establish this as a baseline yeah. so we can all agree to this, mm-hmm. at least believers. Okay. Believers. So if you're not a believer, it's all right. Just work with us here for a little bit. Because this is a religious podcast. Anyhow. Is it is it a believer as in Justin Bieber? No, no a of course believer not. <laughs> as in, in Jesus Christ. Yes. So the idea is this is a sin problem. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter what race you're a part of, yeah. sin exists. Right. So the, the reality is it is going to be or this race problem is not going anywhere as long as sin exists. Mm-hmm. So I know that that a question was asked, hey, um, is racism going to die at all? Mm-hmm. Sorry. While sin exists, Ooh. racism will too. Yes, while sin exists. It will die. It will. At the second Christmas. Oh, <laughs> brought boom. it back to our first segment. Ah. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so so it will it will end. It will die. Yes. But not on this earth. Right. So on the earth made new. Yes. So anyways, go ahead. So I, I lost myself a little bit there. <laughs> Man, this is the second week in a row. I've lost myself a little no, bit. No, it's not your fault. I keep interrupting you. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. So we go back to, well, he said that racism is actually a problem in all cultures. Correct. Because we do see in other cultures. Yes. We see cultures all over the world eradicating each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen genocide. In all kinds of countries. All kinds. But we want to know, I guess that, well, actually, you know what? Our conversation is talking about the things that white people can't say. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting because I actually believe the the thing that we just mentioned about, well, racism exists everywhere. And it's not just a white person problem. I have found that white people can't always say that. Wow. What do you think? 
okay, so we're about freedom of speech, right? Especially well, we are in this podcast, but right. yeah, yeah. But but my thinking is, yeah, people are more sensitive when a Caucasian, particularly male, uh, says anything rel- relative to race. I do believe that is a, a challenge, mm-hmm. um, and it's sad. Like to me, it it's it it's not fair mm-hmm. that due to history. Mm-hmm. We're going to lord that over Caucasian men who can't express how they feel mm. simply because of what we understood the Caucasian men did in the past, mm-hmm. which oftentimes is taken out of context in the sense that the Caucasian man today mm-hmm. may not exactly feel the way his ancestor felt. Because the world is different today than it was. Yeah. So I think that they should have the ability to express themselves however they want. Well, I think no matter what, even if you do feel maybe not the way you should, I'm comfortable with people expressing themselves even if I totally disagree with it. Yes. Because that's the only way there can be some type of understanding at some point. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. Right? But I do understand why there is some, I guess, pushback because, once again, the historical context of this country and the colonization uh, is sometimes not put in the proper perspective of of how it's affected today's world. Mm -hmm. However, I do believe it is important to note, like you said, that it is a sin problem and it it, it does come from all of our hearts at some point, right? We've, in our episode, Are You a Racist? I think we talked about, you know, the fact that all of us have biases, all of us have prejudices, all of us have things that we're kind of pushing down. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I I really feel like we need to talk a little bit more and bring to light maybe some of the, I wouldn't say arguments, but the things that white people are afraid to say and why they're afraid to say them. And I really feel like we need to come to a place where they're not afraid to say them. Yes. And let's, let's, before you dive into those statements, Mm -hmm. I I want to let everyone know what's happening behind the scenes, right? We did promise uh, at the event on um, a civil conversation about race, right? Mm -hmm. That we were going to address some of the questions that were that were turned in that we didn't get to in the panel. It was a, it was a great panel discussion. Time just flew by mm-hmm. because it was such a, a a good topic to discuss. So these we're gonna address some of these questions, and this is one of the questions that was shared. And now we're gonna go ahead and try to unpack that for you here on the podcast. So we wanted to to let you know we're keeping our word. <laughs> we still have a lot of your questions. We will try to get to those um, periodically, uh, but just wanted to let you know that that's where this. Uh, episode stemmed from okay so i'd like us to just go back and forth maybe you know some things as well that uh a caucasian or a white person has said to you hey i can't express this right one of the main ones that i've heard and this was uh this was shared by one of the people that was there at the event Mm -hmm. with me afterwards um in talking with caucasian white younger people uh, he deals a lot with with caucasian collegiates he said, you know, for a, for a lot of Caucasian collegiates, this racial discussion is difficult mm-hmm. because they have these conversations and they don't know where to take it or what to say because their mentality is, okay, we know there's white privilege mm-hmm. or we acknowledge that there's white privilege. We yeah. acknowledge the history of inequality mm-hmm. between the, the races but what do we do with that? And they're afraid to be like, okay, we're, we've heard it over and over again and we're having conversations about it over and over again. Yeah. But I'm trying to figure out my life as well. Mm-hmm. And if they shared in that way, I'll be honest, even I would be like, oh, you're a little callous to what's happening right now. Yeah. Right? Be- because the race, the race thing is out there. It's a lot. We're having conversations about it. But if a white person's like, well, what can I do with that? 
You know, what, what, why do I have to keep hearing about it and having conversations if I have no, I have no, nothing. And let's face it, your average everyday person, when it comes to systematic racism, maybe can't do much. Right. I mean, over time, we can start to change these things. Mm -hmm. But I, th I think that's the baseline where I'm coming from is like, all right, well, we've heard about it over and over again, but I, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. Yeah. And I've, and I've gotten some of that even from some of the students um, here, right? Mm -hmm. They're like, we keep hearing about this, but there's nothing we can do to change it necessarily. We're not responsible for what's happening we don't necessarily agree with what people are saying. Like they're like, I'm not racist. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and it's, it's hard. And this is why I'm saying we, and, and I say we, I'm obviously a minority. Right. And I'm saying we need to extend some grace to our Caucasian uh, brothers and sisters. Like we need to understand that we may feel what we may feel because of the history and what we were taught. We may be carrying a particular chip on our shoulder because of the experiences that we have. But I, being an endless optimist, the way my wife says, want to believe that it's not, it's the minority that is taking that perspective and thinking that they're greater than I am. Mm -hmm. And if that is the case, then I have to extend that grace to my fellow Caucasians because at the end of the day they will never no matter how much they hear about it they will never fully comprehend and understand what we're going through they will never fully understand no matter how much we express our experiences they're not going to understand and it's not because they don't want to or because they don't care it's just because this is not their story Sure, I, I agree with that as well. But is it also possible that the flip side is true as well? What's For instance, if if I'm constantly be, being blamed for something that I did not have a direct impact on, mm -hmm. and I'm constantly being blamed, I'm constantly be, be, being blamed, or my people are constantly being blamed, I, I don't think that the other side could understand that either as well. Cause you're being villainized. You're being demonized. You're being yeah. told this is your fault. This mm -hmm. is because of this, you need to do something about it and you need to do something about it right now. Yeah. I mean, think about how you're the bad guy in the story. Yeah. And so that's hard to understand as well, because in today's world, you don't understand that either. Yeah, and this is why we have conversations <laughs> about it, right? <laughs> this is why we're 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 doing what we're doing right now, just trying to get people to see that. But again, it, it takes me back to 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 that whole concept. We want to value the relationship more than being right, and in trying to get people to hear my story, it doesn't mean that they have to fully understand or embrace what I'm sharing. Mm -hmm. I can still share it and understand that potentially what I'm sharing will cause no change. See, sometimes when we share what we're going through, our goal is to get people to not just understand, but be moved and come to our side. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes what happens in regular, normal conversations is nothing changes. You cannot go into a conversation about race and, and these challenges expecting that your experience is going to change somebody's mind. What you can do is help them be a little bit more sympathetic or empathetic with what you're experiencing, but it doesn't mean that they're going to fully understand it. And if that's what your goal is going into the conversation, you're going to run the risk of not valuing the relationship and trying to be right in your experience. So should that be the goal of our conversations? And I agree with part of that, but but here's here's the flip side. How about this? How about if my goal of the conversation isn't to get them to know my story more, mm -hmm. but me to get to know their story more? Well, that would be fantastic. I mean, it, the point of, okay, it takes me to this concept. Can I have a relationship with somebody that does not see things the way I do? 
Yeah, I have it all the time. Okay, well, that's the thing. If I head into a relation into a conversation trying to build a relationship, then yes, I would go into it with what you're saying. But but that's the only thing, and that's the thing about with all these tough conversations. That's mm-hmm. the only thing that you can do because all I have control over, Curcio, is me. Boom. So you if all it. I have control over is me, why am I trying to change this person's mind with my story instead of me listening to them and being like, listen, maybe I can change my perspective if need be or understand where they're coming from. Well, because it's uncharacteristic of us as humans. Right, yeah. I mean, think about it. Look, the Bible even said it. Would two be together if they didn't agree? Mm. So, so, so the point is we naturally tend to want to be with people who see things the way we do, which is why being in an echo chamber is so challenging because I want to hear the things that, that I agree with. I'm comfortable with that. And that's why changing the demographic of any leadership is hard to do because you are going to hire or you're going to elect or you're going to, you know, whatever people that you're comfortable with and that you resonate with. So you're thus imposing your mentality. Yeah. And and I don't care what race you are, you are going to do that. And this is why, and I'm going to get on my soapbox real quick. Oh, so hold man. on to what you, I are have Are you so porse, like I said last episode? <laughs> so porse. Sure, sure. So, so. It's going to be my, from now on, it's going to be my soap horse. <laughs> okay, fine. My soapbox, you're so porse. <laughs> so you're so porse. So the idea is this, like Adventist, mm-hmm. right? I got to talk to my people. Preach. If you look around and you notice that, most of your friends, if you have any, mm-hmm. are Adventists. Mm-hmm. It's probably because you're fulfilling the same concept where I'm comfortable with other people that think like me. Mm-hmm. And we're so split even within Adventism and how we embrace certain things like the Sabbath and um, uh, diet and all this other stuff mm-hmm. that sometimes we even agree in those minute details. And the idea is, dear ones, we're supposed to be salt of the earth. Mm-hmm. And we're supposed to bring it seasoning. We're supposed to be the light of the earth. And you know what it does? It impacts not just the people that think like me. Mm-hmm. So the so the the challenge for you is if you look around and you realize that the most the people who are around you majority are Adventists. Maybe just maybe you have to take a different approach to what you're doing because you need to have friends. Or maybe they're just staying away from. People that will influence them away from Adventism. I don't know. I'm just, I, I, I'm just looking at the other side. But here's my thing with that, though. <laughs> yes, it is true. It is so much easier to be swayed away from right. Okay. Okay. All right. Than it is to head towards right. Right. Uh-huh. Let me let me let me say that. I was just playing. Context, I was just playing you know? the the remnant a- advocate. And, and that's fine. You can um, do because I don't want to say devil's or advocate. The, the, the remnant antagonist. advocate. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> why? By the way, Instigator. why is it always when you're saying the other side, it's you're playing devil's advocate? True, true, right. Maybe the other side's the good side, and my the side's godly the bad advocate. Side. Ooh, do we ever think about that? Yeah, I like because that. we—that's one of those things where someone else's opinion is different, so it's wrong. So I'm going to play the devil's advocate since it's the op- opposing opinion. But the opposing opinion for me is usually God's opinion. Oh, man, I just got deep on this. Yes, you did. And I took a soft task. Oh, no, it's go fine. Go, go, go. No, I had already done that. So <laughs> so the point is this, guys. Look, look around. If you don't have friends that are non-believers uh, the same way you believe, come on. We got to do better. And by the way, the opposite is true. If you have no friends that are Adventist, maybe you should have a few. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We need, we need fellowship. <laughs> we, we need community. <laughs> yeah, we need community. All right. I'm going to get into some questions here or some topics. Let's do it. That perhaps white people can't address well according to them according to them yeah because we got to make sure you you couch that because it's not what we're saying that they can't address no i also think that it's no 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 No, i'm not saying no no i'm saying that they feel like or that historically they haven't been able to because it causes a division or more arguments thank you for clarifying so anyways we were talking here's a controversial one that got us really talking in our in our diversity i mean on our pre-show meeting yeah no, no, not a pre-show meeting. The the GCA thing. Oh, yeah. Civil yeah, conversations sure. on yeah, race. Yeah. We were talking about pictures of Jesus. Do you remember that conversation? Yes. Oh, yes. And how the 
historically Jesus has been made to be painted white. The Norwegian Jesus, Swedish yeah, Jesus, I think. Really yeah, right. Swedish. Well, they were taught they were taught calling him the Brad Pitt Jesus. Oh, they did. That's yeah, right. Yeah. By the way, I don't see many Swedish Jesus. I think that was a little bit of a stretch, and that's just me having this conversation. I don't see blonde, super blonde hair, maybe lighter hair, maybe uh, maybe a burnt blonde. Anyways, it, it depends what stained glass. Right. You see. So there was there was a conversation there, and, and we're going to hopefully have a conversation with a young man who was there. <clears throat> but he brought up the point that uh, perhaps uh, that historically these Jesuses were made to oppress uh, the black or darker culture mm -hmm. uh, so that they could feel lesser about themselves and Jesus doesn't look like you. Right. I don't necessarily agree with that concept. I do agree that concept might have been used at times, mm -hmm. but the majority of I wouldn't say the majority, but a lot of Christian art came in the Renaissance. Yes. The Renaissance happened in Europe. Yes. Those people were predominantly light-skinned. Their models were light-skinned. All of their representations of gods and historical things were light-skinned because that's what they were paint painting. So I don't think that there was some kind of nefarious, intentional... Uh, thing there to dehumanize or make uh, other races look or feel lesser that's just i need to do a little research i don't know but okay. but I, I don't think that now i do believe that white jesus is at some point were probably used mm -hmm. to say hey listen jesus doesn't look like you yeah <clears throat> and so we got into this conversation of how that diminishes uh black people by having a, a jesus that looks white Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we got in and it was a very interesting conversation because there was a, someone at one point said, well, hey, listen, we need to focus more on Jesus coming and this thing. And then there was a little bit of a, a pushback there. I was like, no, yes. you need to listen to us, validate what we're saying. Yes. And so that got a little interesting because there was maybe a differencing opinion of how important that is. Mm-hmm. And that got, that's one of those questions where when our opinions differ in how important something is, first off, how do we handle that? How do we handle our disagreement? Do we get upset and be like, or do we have a conversation? Yeah, I hear you. So, so, so let me ask you this question. Yeah. So let's have an uncomfortable conversation live. Do it. <laughs> where do you stand on this? I stand in the fact that I don't personally I believe Jesus is the Jesus of all people. Yes. I have seen people paint a black Jesus. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like that's a fair representation. Okay. But I don't have a problem with it. All right. I have seen Asians Jesus. Um, actually, I have a postcard from Thailand that has the second coming of Jesus in Thai art. Mm -hmm. And it's beautiful. Like traditional Thai art that's basically mainly used, you know, in their type of art. And I, I remember a well-intentioned person saying, well, so they did it in a Buddhist form? And I was like, no. He, he almost was saying, well, they're trying to take Jesus and make him Buddhist. I was like, no, they're trying to put him in his art form. They took Jesus and put him in his art, in that art form. And I think it's a beautiful piece of art. Mm -hmm. I don't have a problem with that representation because I believe Jesus is trying to appeal to all peoples. Yes. Right? And if we want to be historically accurate, he was Jewish. He was. And it was... I don't I don't know exactly what Jewish people look back then, but I know Jewish people now aren't extremely dark skinned. Nope. As a matter of fact, some Jewish people look a little more white in some instances. Right. Depending on Right, depending on where or what. But if you look at a Jewish American, most of the time you don't know if they're Jewish except by their name. Mm -hmm. I've been to Israel. It was there was no one extremely dark. Mm -hmm. Right? There were some there were some that looked more more Arab, some that looked more, and so we don't, first off, we don't know, but even if Jesus was painted naturally, he wouldn't have been relatable to, to, to blacks or to whites or to Asians. We never say, you know, well, this white Jesus is offending the Asian culture, and it doesn't make it relatable to the Asians, even though the Middle East is more Asian than what, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I hear, I hear you. So I had a wall when I was a boy's dean. I had a wall of Jesus. 
I took as many different types of Jesus as I could, and I put them up on my wall. Nice. I had the Asian ones. I had one even, forgive me if you're really conservative. I even had a little Catholic one with the little thing around his, yeah. you know, the little head. The halo, the I halo, had, yeah. I had the typical traditional Jesus. I had some that were Renaissance art. I had, like I said, I had, I had the Asian. I had every kind of Jesus up there that I could find. Yeah kind of art because I, this is the wall of Jesus. Yeah. He's relatable to everyone. Yes. Right. We don't know what he looked like. I don't, I personally don't believe it's a slap in, in another person's face unless it is intentionally being used. You see this Jesus, this is what Jesus looked like. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that's being said anymore. At some point I'm sure it was. And that's a shame. Well, here, here's the thing with the conversation, right? Yeah. Like they were trying to point out that this representation of Jesus had gone on for so long Mm -hmm. That they're like, look, we need to start showing Jesus how he, quote unquote, truly is. And mm -hmm. it's not the way he's been depicted for all of these years. So every church that has a picture of Jesus should not have Swedish Jesus on there. Yeah. Right. Or, Nor or Norwegian or whatever you know, we want to go. Mm -hmm. but, the, but the point is this. It goes back to that whole concept we were talking about before, where it's like you are trying to impose your understanding now on everybody. So to me, mm -hmm. I'm saying if we don't have such an accurate depiction of who Jesus is, mm -hmm. then I'd say take the picture down. Or because we know these, this exists in the United States of America and there's a topic for another day. Mm -hmm. So I won't get on my soapbox on this one. Okay. But we know that there are churches that are predominantly African-American. Right. So they would say, we're going to put a picture of Jesus and he's going to look the way like us. Mm -hmm. Right. So so the argument that was being made um, by the Caucasian person that made the statement of, hey, let's focus on mission mm -hmm. is the, the, the concept was, look. What Jesus looks to you, he looks like to you. If your church decides to do that and go that approach, so be it. But right now, the thought process is, why aren't we focusing more on building these relationships and sharing the truth of Jesus as we prepare for the end? And my point is, and again, people may not agree with this, but this is diversity on hills, what we do. Mm -hmm. I don't care about the picture. I don't care about trying to get people to understand what Jesus really looked like. How about I get ready and get to know him mm -hmm. so when he comes, I can see him. That and, and that's that's what I want to say. I do want people to know what Jesus really looks like, but not his exterior, but his interior. Amen. There you go. Let's focus because, on character. Yeah, it's the only thing we're going to take to heaven with us anyways. Because we're basically saying, hey, listen, the exterior is not important. It's the person. That's it. And now we're realizing, well, we're looking at the exterior of a picture and say, and I know it was used at some point to dehumanize and it, that is un unfortunate and, and terrible. So were the Crusades in the name of religion. Yeah, so many things were used that way. And we need to reclaim it instead of letting it continue to affect us. At that's least that's it. my opinion. Yeah. And I know that I haven't gone through some of that, and I don't want to diminish it. And I do believe we need to listen to those points of view and be sympathetic of yes. every point of view. And my point is, look, we understand the sensitivities. We get it. But what we're saying is not to deny yourself or to let nonsense be lifted up. That's that's not what we're trying to say. What we're getting at is if character is the only thing I'm taking to heaven with me, the reality is I don't know what I'm going to look like when this is all said and done. I hope I don't look like this. <laughs> I hope I look better. You, you, you I will. hope my heavenly body is better than this one. You will because this particular body you oh. have right now is sin-ridden. What are you so saying? What and I'm saying is that it is sin-ridden, just like mine is sin-ridden. Okay. So the reality is... Listen, I can is, say it about me, but you can't say it about me. <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly what we're talking about know, here. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just playing the part. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So anyways, oh, but but I do believe if someone has a different opinion, it, it's hard. It's hard to say that. Well, anyways, that was just kind of... What about uh, when someone says, when a white person gives us statistics? Okay. On? <laughs> On police brutality are on quote-unquote black-on-black crime or 
you know, interracial crime or Hispanic on Hispanic crime. So, so if they have a valid source, what's the problem with the stat? Well, because the because the stat this usually it's implied that listen, there's other problems and it's not necessarily a race problem. Mm. You know, so they say, well, blacks are killing blacks. So why are we worried about when a white person kills one much less than when a black one kills one? And so here's the thing. I've read the statistics. I went back and read the FBI statistics. Okay. And the statistics are true. I don't believe the way they use them are always true. In my opinion, they're not taking into consideration per capita. Mm -hmm. They're not taking into consideration population percentages. Okay. Uh, they're not taking into consideration uh, kind of the daily experience either. Mm -hmm. So the daily experience that I have with a cop would be different than yours. Yes. And they're not taking into consideration that thing and the words that and the and perhaps the the phrases that have been used against African Americans. Mm -hmm. But the statistics are, are are there. But they can't. But uh, but it would be hard for a Caucasian to use those stats. And but why? Why can't we use those stats and and, and have a, a conversation instead of being well? You just don't understand. You you, you know. Yeah. I I mean, I know it's tough, but it's it's things that have been said but can't necessarily really be brought up. Yeah, I mean, this like like I think some people are are a little bit too sensitive and they're trying to nitpick at stuff. So if you want to say to him, that is cursio at never mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so yeah, diversityonhill at gmail dot com with the C. All right. So uh, Attention, Curcio. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll PK. take I'll take your 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 vitriol. Anyhow, so so here's the idea. Uh, we 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 need to understand that there are people who who may have certain agendas mm -hmm. with the information that they're they're outputting, right? Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, we can't be so sensitive to be offended by how they express what they're expressing. Mm -hmm. They're still seeing it through their lens. Mm -hmm. And they are free to do so, mm -hmm. and you are also free to be able to to look at and and look at the the data and be able to say you know what I I agree or disagree based on X Y and Z. Mm -hmm. So so my point is if we say look it's not about I'm right you're wrong or because you're manipulating numbers or you know you could you could get things to say whatever you want them to say and blah blah. No, right now the the reality is in my humble opinion that. You have to be able to understand. Don't be so sensitive about what they're sharing. They that's their perspective. And if even if they don't have that experience, you can say, I've had that experience and this is what it is, but only because you had that experience doesn't make it right and the only experience. So that's why I'm saying, like, there's no absolute when it comes to a lot of these things. And I think the challenge is when we try to find absoluteness, is when we we really, really deteriorate the possibility of having an open and honest conversation and relationship. Here's another thing a white person can't say. Okay. Not everything is racist. And I agree with that. But why can't they say it? They can't say it. It's just <laughs> people are going to take it the wrong way. <laughs> Wait, but but if a white person says something about another race, yeah, it's it's not always race-based. Or even even if they're God forbid, we've had way too many shootings. Yes. Okay. But we assume that every shooting is race-based. Race-related, yeah. And to me, to think that every shooting is race-related is a bit of a stretch. It is. Uh, but <laughs> is, it, is it possible? Yes. Is it sometimes very probable? Yes. But to assume... All right. So, so, so look, I, I, I got to dive into this a little bit. Ooh, right, I like it. I because got it. I got it. I got Curcio going today. Because <laughs> this people is sensitive. Noticed? I'm sensitive with this. So, so here's the idea. We, I'm, I'm trying to be careful because I don't, I don't, I, I, I tend to be blunt sometimes, and I, and I don't want to. Well, sometimes we need to be blunt to have a blunt conversation. <laughs> so, so, so here's the deal. Your perspective cannot be the one that permeates everyone's mind. There have been those Caucasian people who say you know, oh, systemic racism is no more, right? And we get that. But let's, let's, let's agree here. Systemic racism exists. Whether we want to acknowledge it or not. I have a friend who says, who, who will text me and say that's not true. But go ahead, go for it. That's fine. They can email us and, and tell us their position. But uh -huh. here's the idea. Yeah. It exists. Mm -hmm. Whether we want to acknowledge it or not, it, it exists. Because 
it's systemic because it was set in motion and it continues to impact life, mm -hmm. how some people understand it. So systemic racism exists. Now, with that thought in mind, does it mean that every police officer that shoots somebody is doing it because they're racist? No. We talked about this before. Yeah, we talked about it. We talked about the fact that there's so many factors taking place. Fear is the biggest. So it's not that they're looking at, at, at the race of the person that they're dealing with. They are probably afraid for their own lives. They do not know if they're going to make it home after their shift. Mm -hmm. This is a reality. And a basic, uh, a basic traffic stop is one of the most dangerous calls that, that, that or, you know, it's <laughs> dangerous experiences a police officer has. I've spoken to an officer about this. Yeah. So my point is, why do we have to make it that? We are starting to nitpick at why and trying to impose the what. And mm. what we're trying to get at is we cannot do that. And the way you find out what the true meaning is, is by asking. And if somebody tells you, and I'm, I'm done with this, if somebody tells you, believe them for heaven's sake. Why do you have to try to, to read between the lines because they're not being honest? If somebody tells you who they are, believe them until they show you otherwise. Yeah, but... Okay, I agree with almost everything you said there. That's and, all right. And, you... I, and I do believe that's where we, we should kind of fall is if someone tells you something, believe them. But if their behavior tells you something else... It, it, sure, but then you can have the conversation about their behavior. Yeah, well, I mean, we've seen that in the political realm where, yes. where, where they say something, but perhaps the behavior hasn't quite followed through. And Yeah. I mean, I've, I know some people who have tended to be racist who said they're not racist. Fair. And, and, and that's just... They're not... Very few people are gonna be like, oh yeah, I'm racist. <laughs> no, they're gonna they're gonna disguise it, or they're just gonna be like, hey, I'm right. proud. But let's let's go back to another episode that we talked about the fact that we all have prejudice, mm -hmm. but not your prejudice perspective doesn't necessarily make you a racist, even if it's about race. More mm -hmm. okay. So that's where I'm coming from. All right, let, let's talk about this reverse racism. Is there even such a thing? Yes. Nah, I, I disagree. Okay. Fine. Uh, you, you first. You tell me what's reverse sure. racism. Reverse racism, in in my understanding, and I, you know, maybe I should look it up so we can define. No, 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 it no, 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 no. Don't define it. Just okay, say it. Don't define it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. To but, me, but, reverse racism is mm -hmm. where I would expect a Caucasian person to be racist towards me because of history. Mm -hmm. So I have the right or the ability to be racist back to them. Right. So the way that it dis, uh, displays itself. Mm -hmm. in my opinion, is that I'm listening to everything they say and filtering it through my lens of you have been racist towards my race. So now I'm going to nitpick it and give it or shell it right back to you. Huh. I didn't expect that. Uh, okay. Like that's the way that I see it and define it. And again, this is not the Webster's Dictionary definition of it. Right. This is the Curcio definition. Well, I Curcio think most Jr., to be exact. Don't like most people think. So, for instance, uh, let's go with me and you. Let's do it. Puerto Rican and Dominican. Yeah. Right. So, as as a as a Dominican, you might think, or let's say let let's say traditionally, maybe Puerto Ricans were uh, racist towards Dominicans. Sure. Right. Like all oh, those Dominicans, right. whatever. Right. You know. And I experienced that, yeah, by the way. But they're darker skinned. You know. They're from the island not as beautiful as ours, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and and so, so historically, let's say that historically was the thing. I, I, the way I see the way people are using reverse racism is, but I'm, but you come to me and I'm very nice to Curcio, but for some reason Curcio doesn't like me and he's like, no, you're inferior to me. Mm -hmm. Dominicans are the best. The dark skin makes us look prettier and more beautiful, and and yeah. my my voice is so much better than yours that it's mistaken as a girl's <laughs> oh, <please>. often. <laughs> That's a callback. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it, you know, it. But reverse racism to me comes from the concept of this is why I don't agree. There's a reverse racism because that that comes with the concept of one side couldn't be racist, so it's reversed. To me, there's no such thing as reverse racism because to me, reverse racism is not 
racism. Okay. To me, racism is racism. Period. So a black person being racist to a white person is not reverse racism. It's racism. Okay. I know I'm playing word games here, but we kind of use it. We use it in a way to say, well, you know, it can only come from a certain race. Mm -hmm. I'm bringing it back to like, I don't think racism is a white problem. I think it's a human problem. Okay. Right? That's good. So there can't be reverse. It's mm -hmm. you're racist or you're racist. <laughs> okay. I guess they're, they're talking about how the, the, uh, the interaction happens, I think, yeah. is, is where they're well, I think coming from. I think it comes from the idea that a minority can't be racist. True. And that's why they call it reverse racism. Yeah, 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 when it goes back. But again, if you're less tolerant towards the next person, yeah, racism is racism. I'm with you. Like sin is sin. There's no, yeah, yeah. There's no <laughs> greater sin, lesser sin, sin is sin. They have greater um, consequences, mm -hmm. some sins, than others. But again, sin is sin. I think, yeah, I, I see where you're coming from, and I, I don't I That's don't a little that. bit of, that's just a little bit of nitpicking it's on the words. It's semantics, but it's okay. I mean, again, the, the point is, and it's okay, and, and, and you can say it doesn't exist, and, and that's fine, and I say that it does. And, and my point is, again, we can still coexist and, and not necessarily agree uh, exactly on what we're trying to say. So my, my point is, I've seen it. There are Caucasian people who are not racist, who are very loving to everyone mm -hmm. and have received um, designations or somebody had nitpicked something that they said because they were uh, Caucasian and, and they were saying it about minorities. And the truth is, it was so unfounded. So let me ask you this. But when they bring it up, though they're devalued when they bring it up in a conversation. So if, for who's, instance, who's devalued? The, the Caucasian. If oh, a okay, Caucasian okay, okay, says, okay. well, I've experienced sure this, this reverse racism. Yeah. I've experienced this. It is devalued, right. Yeah, because right. The, because then the black person will be like, well, I face that every day. Uh, yes. You face it once yes. or twice. Ooh. Yeah, so sad for you. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And, and, and that is not right, in my, in, in my opinion. Well, like, first off, I think it's right and wrong. <laughs> because okay. it is kind of true. Yeah, okay, but again, it, it goes back to the conversation. They're not going to fully understand. Yeah, but that's why I disagree at the same time. What I'm saying is, I, I agree. so, like, when my kid says to me, I had to use $5 of my own money to buy this, I'm like... <laughs> Yeah. Duh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what happens when you're an adult. You're going to have to use all your money. Exactly. I give you all your stuff, <laughs> right? But for the kid, it's still like he, that's from their basis of understanding. Correct. And for me to say to that kid every time, of course, of course, get used to it. Or not, not just get used to it. Or like, well, this is what I go through every day, right? <laughs> it, it, there's a little bit of – see, I see both sides because personally – I. Like, I have not felt racism. I don't think I felt it like you felt it. Right. Just because, like I said, I'm light skin and you're dark skin. Right, but I don't wish that on anyone. So I know you don't wish it on anyone. I, I get that. But at the same time, I'm very cognizant of the fact that if someone is racist to me, I'm not going to be like, well, you know, there was that one time. So I understand where you're coming <laughs> right. from. So, so I, but I have enough, I guess, empathy to realize Man, this person goes through it a lot more than I do. So my one experience is nothing. Right. So and, and and again, I say that's not fair. And and in the sense of people are looking for fairness. Like like the the minorities Good luck. <laughs> exactly. The minorities are are probably coming from a perspective of, you know, it's not fair that we went through so many years of slavery and we experienced this and till this day we still feel like like we are having these negative experiences that you wouldn't fully understand because you haven't had them right so in the in the fair world you know i want to make you feel what i've been feeling mm -hmm. so you can then truly quote unquote understand what i'm going through and and unfortunately like you said earlier man this world is not a fair world right justice is even hard to come by in an equitable way so fairness you're not going to find it. It doesn't exist in a world that is sin-ridden. You are not going to have that privilege of saying, hey, we're all going to feel it the same. We're, it's going to be fair across the board. It is not. So, so if I'm seeking that fairness, then some people use that to execute reverse racism. And it doesn't make it right. That's why I said earlier, it is wrong. And that is just my opinion. And let me hear from you what you got 
Do you, do you, no, I'm just excited at how passionate you are today. I don't know if people can hear it in his voice, but we we've got we've turned curse you up to eleven today. I mean, oh, I don't man, know, but, but this is this is great. This is yeah, this is one of those topics where look, as a Hispanic, I I have to tell the truth. I can't fully understand the African American plight. I can't. No matter how hard I try, I'm not gonna fully understand. And even though I've experienced racism in a more uh tangible way than you have mm -hmm. i still wouldn't can't say i fully understand what they're going through uh, we can't understand anything though and here's the thing i i can't understand 100 the caucasian view to be honest with you i don't know what they're daily going through and what guilt they might be feeling or what pressures they feel to talk and say a certain thing or say a certain way or make sure that they're comfortable and and you know, sometimes might feel like they have to walk on eggshells because they might say something dumb. Yeah. I mean, we brought up the fact that like a term like blackballed. Yeah. It's in our everyday vernacular. It is. Right. But I guess a few months ago, I found out that it had racist roots. And all of a sudden people were saying, you can't use this anymore. <sighs> and the funny part it wasn't even coming from an African-American that I was hearing this. So that was the other funny part. But it's like, but that term hasn't meant that for so long. Like it hasn't had a racist connotation for so long. It's, its connotation has totally changed. Yeah. But we're, we're bringing it back to there. So as a white person, if I was told, dude, you're racist or you can't say that racist term, I'd be like, what are you talking about? I have right. no, like I, I couldn't. That, and and for that to be blamed on them, I don't know that feeling either. That's that sensitivity again. Man, I'm so fortunate to be somewhere in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're balanced, baby. No, no, let's not go there. No, no, Hispanics are not balanced and perfect. Um, though some believe that Spanish is the the the, the language of heaven. <laughs> oh man. Uh, but here's the thing: I do believe there are lots of things that are taboo. For white people to say yeah I, I would say this always be careful what you're gonna say yeah always think it through yeah. always think it through and and realize the other point of view before you talk but at the same time if a white person says something to me and they have before said something that's interesting mm -hmm. right <laughs> or not as um informed as i would like it to be mm -hmm. i have taken the position in my own life. And I know it might be easier for me because I haven't experienced maybe sometimes daily, you, you know, racism. But if I'm going to have a true conversation with them, I can't be offended by what they say. I can't even assume that it's racist. I can't even be like upset about it. I need to have a conversation. Not like, but if there's a pattern over time that I see, sure. At some point I'm going to be like, okay, this is toxic. We can't do this. Right. We need to be able to express things that are difficult. And I'll be honest with you. There are a lot of Caucasian people who feel like they cannot talk. And, and they should be able. And to. that is unfortunate. It is. And I believe that it's on us as minorities. If we want racism to diminish, we need to be able to allow everyone to say the things they need to say, even if we don't agree, even if it's difficult, even if it's outright racist, we need to be able to listen to have forward moving conversations. Because right now I feel like they're, we're having conversations, but it's not the full picture yet. Yeah. If a Caucasian can't say what they're truly saying, we aren't going to get true change because we're not having a true conversation. Yeah. If they can't say what's on their mind, then why have a conversation? No, that's not a true conversation. Because it's not going to change them. As a matter of fact, it's going to, I feel like in some ways, make them bitter. Yeah, you can't go into conversation controlling what is going to be said. That's just honest to God truth. Well said. And so we need to just, I, I don't know, that's been kind of on my mind because I, I have felt and heard people say, we can't really say that. Or if a white person said this, we'd be in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Why would they be in trouble? Then we're not, then we're not being Christ-like. And we're not giving them their freedom of speech. Right. And so if, anyways, I don't want to keep saying the same things over and over again, but. No, it's, it's all right. But this is, this is part of the conversation that we want uh, to encourage you to, to consider about yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, think about it. What, how am I approaching it? Am I extremely sensitive if 
if somebody says something from a race that I think they shouldn't say. No, let's let's be open, understanding that we are all children of God. We are all uh, valuable as children of God, mm-hmm. and we all have the right to express ourselves, yep. even if it's uninformed, even if it's my knowledge according to the topic is not extremely deep. We can still be able to have open, honest conversations and be okay. And we, we should seek to relate to the other person whenever we can. And by the way, we can never relate to someone 100%. I was a psychology major. They taught us not to say, I know how you feel. <laughs> because you don't know how they feel. You may have been able, you may have gone through something similar. Right. But you never know how they feel. We need to eradicate that phrase. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think we're a little too sensitive about that. And I'm a psychology major, and I even think we're too sensitive about that. <laughs> But yeah, well, look, let us hear from you. Yeah, let's Di- hear from you. <laughs> diversity on a hill at gmail.com, diversity with a C, uh, or reach out, reach us um, via social media on Instagram, diversity on a hill. And rate us on iTunes, especially if you like uh, Curcio being so feisty. <laughs> Say, I like Curcio being feisty, five stars. Curcio being feisty made us go long today. So right. we need to <laughs> watch Don't that. apologize for us going long, buddy. It's okay. They, oh, they it's can so stop it. I mean, it. You were, you did it. You were on your soapbox. Uh, I, I like to I somehow mess up your soap, soap horse. horse. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, well, yeah. let me pray for us. Pray for us. So Lord, again, thank you so much for our listeners. Thank you that they are growing with us together. At, well, together as in we're growing and they're growing <laughs> together as we just navigate how to have these difficult conversations. And we thank you that you give us the freedom to do so. You gave us a mind that we can think and we can use And most importantly, you want us to use that mind to display your character traits, to be loving, to be gracious, to be merciful, and to give people the opportunity to speak and be who they are. So, Lord, as we confront the world that does not necessarily see things this way, that they may get to know you and know that you are attractive, you are loving, you reign supreme when you're coming soon to take us to live with you. Until then. We thank you and we love you. Help us. In your name, amen. Hey, grace and peace to you all. I am PJ and I'm out. And I'm PK. Many blessings. Till next time.